Welcome to the No Ceilings Podcast. This is podcast number two, and I am extremely excited to be your host. I'm Coach Yo, head women's basketball coach at the University of Mississippi, and we're back with my producer, Graham Doty, that you never get to see. Um, and uh, my video coordinator, Ed Mahan, we call him Buck in the back. And we are excited about this podcast today. Um, before I get going and get into all of that, I want to just hit you with a couple important things that I need you to focus on. Subscribe to the podcast. Rate it. Review it. I need it. I need feedback uh, to make sure that I am serving the people as that is the mission of me just doing this podcast in general. Uh, you can find it on any of wherever you find podcasts uh, from Apple, uh, iTunes to um, what's the other one, Graham? Spotify, Stitcher. The whole nine, you can find it, and you can also find the live podcast uh, taping on my YouTube channel. Just type in No Ceilings with Coach Yo. If you type in No Ceilings with Coach Yo, you can find me and this there. Subscribe, rate, review. This is for the people. This is my way to give back in a more professional uh, set up and form. Today we have, well, this is being pre-recorded. Today is Veterans Day, so I want to give a shout out to all of the veterans that have served this beautiful country. We appreciate you personally from the McEwen fam and from Ole Miss, Ole Miss women's basketball. Uh, this day is for you. You need to have a day every day, but it so happens that uh, this is the day. Uh, we, just a little recap, we just played yesterday, and that would have been Sunday. We played uh, ULM. We had two games this past week. We won them both. Excited about my group. Um, I think I've been paying attention to a lot that's been going on as far as the season's concerned. Um, and there have been quote-unquote upsets and uh, and some really big wins with Oregon going ahead and beating Team USA. That was pretty huge, pretty dope. And, uh, you know, I don't know that it's fair for us to say that there are upsets in the beginning of the season. Uh, maybe they are, but... Who creates these upsets? Is it the pre-rankings? You know, like, do they really matter? Let's just really call a spade a spade. Like, your ranking in the beginning of the year just shows what people think you should be doing. But I can tell you from a coach, only you and your camp know where your team is and what they're going to do that season. So, you know, and, and, and this topic that we're going to talk about, i.e. the portal, is has made a big difference with this whole the upsets and so on and so forth and so I have my guy Patrick Henry has been a longtime friend of mine a guy in the business he's been in the business 20 plus years he's coached every level there is division one two three junior college high school he is a consultant 
for many coaches, including myself. He is a mentor for many coaches. He is a winner. He has won championships. Um, and he goes by his, his Twitter handle is at Patrick Henry. Follow him. And uh, his hashtag is don't blink comp compete. Don't blink compete. Just a guy full of knowledge. And I just think that coaches, we have to have people around us that are full, that that's full of knowledge and full of wisdom. And, um, you know, he's taking some personal time out to uh, take care of his family. Shout out to his wife. Well, she's not a veteran. She's active. She's active in the military right now. And so he took some personal time out to be with his daughter and take care of her while his wife was deployed. And so, but this guy, he's just a phenomenal dad, a phenomenal hu human being, and just a phenomenal mind, great coach. And um, anybody would be lucky to have him on his staff as I think he's going to venture back into the profession after this season. So we got Patrick Henry, Don't Blink com Compete, and we're talking about the portal. Patrick, <laughs> how, you how, you doing, do how you doing? Coach Patrick Henry, we have him on the line all the way from, where are you at right now? I am about, I am in Georgia right now, about 25 minutes from Augusta National. There you go. So, do you get out there and, and play golf any, or? I, I, I may be one of the few coaches in America who does not golf. <laughs> well, I was, I was with you, and then what happened was um, I started to see that I was losing out on opportunities, so I decided <laughs> to pick up a golf stick and get out there and, um, and work on my swing. So listen, we are excited to have you here. I have been telling the audience and the guests, the listeners about you, audience, the listeners about you and um, and about what you've been doing 20 plus years in the business. Don't blink, compete. Uh, just a consultant, a mentor, and just an all-around great guy. So Super excited to have you on the show today. I appreciate that, and thank you for having me. Yes. So we let's jump right into it. We, we're talking about the portal because the portal, this is a hot topic, you know, like, and, and people, I think, I think, Pat, Coach, that a lot of people don't understand the portal um, they're way behind it. And so what I want to do today is help you help us on understanding the portal a little bit and how it can become our advantage, how it affects us and so on and so forth. So, you know, let's just let's just for the people that don't know about the portal, what it is, the NCAA has created an avenue where a player can put their name in a database for every college coach to see at every level. And so before, you're like, what is the big deal? Kids transfer all the time. Well, before, a kid would have to go through a coach. So they no longer have to go through a coach anymore. They go to compliance. 
Um, they put their name in this this um, database, and then once it's in there, any college coach can contact them. It's almost like a free agency, and it's been a game changer for us. We've had 700 plus transfers last season and I don't know that it will lessen I think that it will only increase so that's just a snippet of what the portal is for people that are not sure so coach what what do you think it has done to our game well I think the first thing you sort of do when you when you talk about the portal is you first sort of examine what it is and what it's not and I think for some people, a little bit because how it's been covered by media and some high-profile stuff, and this is especially important, for, I think, for families, too, is understanding that the portal, all it changed was the communication aspect of it. Right. Okay. The permission to contact rules are different, that kind of thing. The back end didn't, didn't really change on paper, eligibility. And so we can make the argument, you know, whether, you know, waivers are being more permissive or not, that sort of thing. But so, so people need to understand uh, – the communication part changed, but whether or not a person is eligible to play right away or, or, or whether they're going to get waived, that's, you know, that's a whole different topic. Right. Uh, from, from the coaching standpoint, um, it's one of those things where you're either ahead of the wave or you're going to be underwater by the wave if you're not careful. Yeah. And you have to have a sort of philosophy of how you're going to approach you know, the portal and, and what it does to your roster. Right. Um, you know, in the, you know, in the past, we we look at freshmen coming in and go, okay, that kid's going to be here for four years and develop. And, and, and the way transfers are going, I think you said there's almost 700 transfers yeah. uh, last year in, in, in women's basketball. I know that, you know, you combine that with Division two, mm-hmm. and you're talking about over 1,000 in the end of the portal. And, and I, know, I know, you know, that's, it, you have to have an approach how you're going to, to handle that with your own roster now. Right. Now, P, you, you, that's, that's, guys, I call him P. We're friends. That's, that's how we talk. So, but you can call him Coach Henry. You can, <laughs> you can, uh, call him what you like. Uh, but this, that's what I'm talking about, P. What are coaches, do you think that women's basketball or sports in general, do you think coaches are prepared for the portal? And if not, then then why? What happened? Well, the way I sort of look at it, and, I, and the best comparison I sort of make with it is international. You know, back in the 80s, you, you didn't have a lot of international players. You had some, but you didn't have them throughout the country. Right. You had some schools that you know, specialized that Florida, Florida National uh, specialized that, in that, and they were really good. They had a lot of international players and that kind of thing. The, toward the end of the 90s and in the early 2000s, that number sort of increased, and then you look at it now, um, international uh, players on rosters, it's commonplace in every conference, every league, every level. Mm. And so you have to, like I said, begin to develop a philosophy and, and, and with your approach into managing your own roster, people leaving your roster, or potentially people coming on your roster. And, and I think we're slow to do that, slow to do that sometimes in women's basketball. Right, right. Now, now it almost seemed to me that the portal became like this new thing. You know, like when the new iPhone comes out and you're like, I got to have it because that's what's hot. I felt like the portal became this new hot thing. You had people jumping in, the, going into the portal with no game plan um, that that got left behind. And, and one of the studies showed that there were a lot of kids that entered the portal with no game plan. 
And so I forgot to mention this to the listeners. Once you enter the portal, the coach can immediately remove you from the team. And so that's kind of the even playing field. Uh, Some coaches want to keep you. Some coaches are like, okay, you don't have any loyalty, bye, and they drop you from the roster. Now, they can't cut your aid for that semester, but they can um, put you 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 no longer they no longer have to cater to you they they can remove you from the roster and you get to finish out that semester and you gone you're exactly. gone after that and so what i saw uh uh p is that a lot of people um a lot of families and a lot of students maybe because of bad advice or wherever the case may be got left behind and now they they went to lower levels or whatever the case may be, and I don't think that was their intent starting out. So, what advice do you have for families when they're considering this whole portal deal? Well, I, I think you have to attack it from both ends, the front end and the back end. You know, you look at again going back to women's basketball. I think mean, I know sixty-seven, sixty percent, something like that, moved from Division One, moved on to another institution, right. to another portal. Well, then you go. Well, what about that rest? <laughs> you did not, mm-hmm. and so if you if you, if you're a family, you have to or, or prospect or whatever. You look at it from both ends. The front end of it is in the recruiting process to start out with. You know, the roster that that a coach or a program may present you with may be different because it's transferring because of the portal because of coaching changes, and so you have to understand what you're getting into may change. Mm. And so when you're selecting schools, when you're looking at schools. Don't confuse a program's involvement with you with their commitment to you. Wow. That's, I mean, that's important. So you have to look at the overall things of what makes it a good fit for you. Um, on the back end, you talk about good advice, and I think the one that you said earlier, I'll push back on you a little bit, mm-hmm. the idea of free agency. Mm-hmm. I think I think families and kids look at, you know, NBA free agency, WNBA free agency, pro free agency, and all these sports, yeah. kind of a frenzy and that kind of thing, and they think it's the same thing. Uh, those guys, those people are making a lot of money off of this. This is, you know, we always talk about college being a, a not just a four-year decision or a five-year decision, but a forty-year decision. Mm-hmm. You're making a decision based on that, with that, it, with that in mind. And so, understanding again, what you're presented with may be different. And so, the decisions that you're making, you have to take those things in account. Right now, 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 P. With, I mean, you. This portal thing, it, it it affects both parties. It affects the student athlete, but it also affects mm-hmm. coaches and uh, recruiting. You know, talk to me about the impact that has had on roster management and and recruiting. Yeah. Uh, I think in the past, like I said before, you, you used to look at recruiting as four-year windows, and now I think you look at them as two-year windows. Right. Uh, it's when I, I have discussions with sometimes with junior college coaches about you know, Division One, Division Two, coaching NCAA, coaching AI, coaches, that kind of thing, about how they're sort of panicked a little bit. Mm-hmm. Not sure. Because, you know, it's, we're still early in this process. We've only had the portal for a short amount of time. Right. Uh, uh, but how they sort of laugh at, you know, coaches are, like, concerned about the roster turning over, like, kind of, you know, junior college coaches, junior college coaches, they're like, this, we do this all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> we, we've, got to, we've got to be recruiting a roster, knowing that it may change, and we have no idea it's going to change. Right. Or, so, 
as your coach and your recruiting coordinator, that kind of thing, you've got to be able to, uh, one, authentically discuss the reality of where your program is, mm. and it's different for each program in terms of where its development is, that kind of thing. And then, and then I would say you have to be patient with the process, but still having a sense of urgency. So that kind and, of and, and how you're evaluating. But that kind of affects that kind of affects the, I guess. I mean, it makes the the waters kind of murky, coach, when you're dealing with recruits, because say you think you're you don't have a scholarship in the twenty one class, but mm-hmm. you know in the back of your mind this portal exists, and at right. the rate, I, I don't think anybody's safe. You know, um, I constantly think about my roster, but you know mm-hmm. you don't have a scholarship for that kid, but you have right. to recruit them. Because you may end up with a scholarship at the end of the season. So then you have to shut off the 21 kids. Now, she's mad and her family feels like they've been bamboozled. Like, it just makes it for a murky game, so to speak, don't you think? It does, but I think every coach, and we, we always hear it at clinics, we always hear it at conventions and all that kind of stuff. We talk about what recruiting is and its relationships. And, and how transparent those relationships are, how authentic those relationships are. And, and the bottom line is you have to be honest because at the end of the day, those things always come back. Yeah. You know, you, I mean, those, those relationships you have with, with a particular AAU program or a travel team mm-hmm. program, and you said XYZ, and then it turns out being ABC, those things always come back. Yeah, or you're dealing with a high school coach or, or that can so from from a program standpoint and from a recruiting standpoint, you have to be honest. So, um, go ahead. So you're saying that if I the let's use me as an example. There okay. there's a stud twenty one I don't have a scholarship for. I need to tell that person I'm dealing with, hey, I don't have a scholarship right now, but there's the portal out there and I may lose one. So I want to recruit your kid until I know for sure. Do you? Is that what you're saying? I, what I'm saying is that I think you have to you have to be honest with where you are, with where your program is. That your that your roster may change, and statistics will show that your right. roster may change. We're in a point now where you know, women's basketball we have most places 15 folds, okay, mm-hmm. and in that 15 folds, the likelihood that you're going to have all 15. Uh, that that I mean, society has changed even on, even even in regular college campus. <laughs> we, you know, one of the things that we talk about is we've got all these kids transfer now and support all that kind of stuff. Uh, but if you look at it, transfers are happening on college campuses now yeah. even more. Yeah, transfers are happening in high schools even more. Transfers happen. You watch it. You go to the summer and watch an AU team. <laughs> one week they're playing. One week they're playing. They're wearing blue. The next week they're wearing red. <laughs> You're right. And, but on the flip side. But on the flip side of that, I don't know how many events I've seen where I've seen a coach be wearing a polo and a logo for one school, one period. You go out the second second period of some evaluation, and you're wearing another school. Right, right, right. So, so we we have to be comfortable again, understanding that that, that change is going to be part of it. Now. Wow, we got to be comfortable with change. That's real. That's real. But that's that's scary. Because usually when you're building a program, like me, I'm just starting off. I'm I'm like, oh, man, in year one and year two and year three, I'm thinking I'm building this program. But I have to be prepared for, you know, certain blocks to not be there as I'm building. I mean, I'm talking about this is high-level CEO-ship, to say the least now, and roster management 
more than anything than before, you know? Yeah, that, and that's, that's why it's, it's critical that you have a philosophy developing a roster. Mm. I mean, to me, roster management to me is really five things that you're looking at. Right. And, and it's assessing, prospecting, evaluating, recruiting, and then securing. And you have to have a philosophy that's organic to the school that you're at for all five of those things. Give me those five again for the listeners. I, I will say it's assessing. Mm-hmm. And what that is is appraising what your student athletes and your program are right there. Right. That you already have. And then projecting that roster moving forward. Yeah. Okay. And that's part of where the portal comes into play. I think the next part of that is prospecting. Finding the, the, the student athletes and prospects that are suitable for your program. Mm-hmm. You know, that's going to fit. Yeah. Uh, Evaluating would be the next part, and, and that's judging talent, skill level uh, on, on your list. And, and let me say this, too. When, you, when I talk about evaluating, that's rating and ranking for me. Mm. Uh, rating is skill. what the skill sets are of the kids that you're evaluating, and, and your schedule will dictate the floor of your recruiting. Mm. And what you, who you play dictates the floor of what your recruiting has to be. You know, if you're recruiting, if you're recruiting in the SEC, um, that's the majority of your schedule. That dictates the floor of what level of talent you could get or right. should take. Okay. Um, and then, you know, the difference between rating and ranking, ranking is where they sit on your board, how you prioritize and how you triage what you're recruiting in terms of importance. Wow. So there's a difference between rating and ranking. That all falls under evaluation. Mm. And then the, the, the last two, I'd say, is recruiting. And that's what most people think about recruiting. Again, it's really roster management now. <laughs> but You're right. When we say recruiting, recruiting because of the portal, because of your, your working on front end and back end, recruiting, that's the advocating for your school, that's, you know, and signing grant aid and mm. all that, national loan and all that. That, that aspect is, is recruiting. And the last thing is securing. And once you get the commitment, once you get the, 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 the paperwork. <laughs> you got to retain them. You got to get them actually there, making sure they're finalizing everything and getting them into the institution. So, roster management is a constant process of all those five things. Now, it sounds like we need to take the baseball format, and we don't need to be coaches anymore. It sounds like we need to be managers <laughs> with the, with the <laughs> well, change and everything that's going on. You know, let's really think about it. If you're if you're the recruiting coordinator now. If you're a head coach now, mm-hmm. especially in a situation where you're building that, and I would make the argument that you're always building. Yes. You're just building in different stages. Right. Uh, you, you really have to take an approach as a general manager, like, almost like approaching all this in a lot of ways. Yeah. Where you're, you're constantly looking at those things, you're constantly evaluating those things and, and understanding where you are and the program is. With the knowledge, to your, to your gaps, to your gaps, things can change because of the portal. Because it's more, there used to be a stigma um, about transferring, and it's not anymore. And, yeah. and you can, for better or worse, like it, not like it. It is what it, it is. It is what here. it is. So, so either you deal with it, or like I said before, you know, you're you're ahead of the wave, or you're on the way. Right. I tell people all the time, uh, Patrick. I said, be evolve or be. You have to evolve, or you got to be extinct. Like that's what it is. It's we spend a lot of time talking about what we think is right. And, these kids and this generation, but it, this is what it is. So you either evolve and adapt, or you're going to be extinct. And it's simple as that. And um, and you gave that that was good knowledge for me because now I feel like instead of going to all these coaching clinics, I need to be going to to the Toyota plant and all these other plants and meeting with their general managers and spending time with them because. Uh, they understand 
roster management or the GMs at, with pro teams, they understand it, and, and that is how I can get ahead. Maybe I need to make a couple trips this off season to see them. You, you get what I'm saying? Instead of just a, a normal yeah. clinic. I'm not saying clinics are bad, but there's levels to this. Well, I think, and I think visiting other sports helps too. Yeah, you know, uh, at, the, at the end of the day, what we're all trying to do is we're trying to build a roster. Yeah, and maintain a roster and manage a roster. Yeah, and that's that can, powerful. That can look different, and that can look different in different ways. I mean, you, you built a roster when you were at Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. You're building a roster now that you're at Ole Miss. Yeah, the ways that you're doing it are still are different. But there's some core things that are still the same. For sure. Those things translate throughout. For sure. For sure. Now, I I talked a little bit about um, upsets and quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. I put a quotation with that because, <laughs> I mean, what is an upset in, in early season like this? But I feel like I've been seeing them happen a little bit more and more. And we were talking, you and I, the other day about this. And you made a great <laughs> point about why um, mid-major or whatever you want to label them uh, teams are now upsetting more the power fives and can you share with our listeners your philosophy on it well i just think because you do have volatility of rosters now um you do have changing of rosters uh if you believe in recruiting rankings and that kind of thing you mean a four-star player who is the first first year in somebody's program uh, may not be, or maybe the equivalent of having a quote-unquote three-star player who's been in your program for four years. Yeah. Just because the amount of experience they have in your system and that experience they have on the floor, yeah, playing the way that you want them to play, and so that 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 levels out sometimes some of the talent. The coaching changes. That yeah. can, that levels out some some of the talent type of thing. Rosters and flux levels out some of the the, the talent type of things, and so right. you're getting. Situations now where you know you, you've got a team with well, a veteran who may not be um, highly as highly rated, but they've played together. Right, and that and that experience you know? matters at the collegiate level. Just going through and having—that's what I think the most successful programs are the ones that have consistency, consistency on their roster, consistency with staff, support staff, consistency with their coaches. Yeah, and, and and the big thing is alignment. Um, that you're all moving in the same direction, and there's a there's a clarity of what you guys are doing. Right. I mean, there's a, there's always a, a quote that nothing clarifies like clarity. Yeah. And I think that that's on the court, that's off the court. And when you have an organization or a program that's moving in the same direction, versus a program that's you know getting started, yeah. or you've got you've got change, you've got change. Um, you can, you can get some of those quote unquote ups. I mean, I look at it well, the other day. You know, Oregon, uh, as college kids, beat the U.S. national team. Right now, they're they're different, but they're different. I mean, obviously, the U.S. national team is who they are with Tarasi and Burke, mm. but but they're different. They're in a different phase of what they're trying to do. They are, but the fact that the fact that Oregon is who they are and where they're focused. You know, but trying to win a national championship this year, the group has been together. They understand their system. Mm-hmm. What they want to do with, with, with pick and roll play and everything yeah. else. It, it, it makes a difference. You can see it. It makes a difference. Are you sure? You know, I watched that game, and uh, and and you. I, shout out to Coach Kelly Graves, good friend of mine. Um, great win, but you you can just tell that they've been together. That continuity is something else, and I don't care who you play. If the talent is 
is good enough, like you said, if the talent is good enough and you have that continuity and you play a group that may have more talent but a lot of newness, uh, it evens the playing field. So when you see, and, and most times you see a lot of coaching changes at the P5 level, guys. So when mm-hmm. you see all these changes at the P5 level or, you know, a coach had a star player and two of them transferred out and, and jumped into the portal, and now they're getting ready to play a mid-major team, and those kids are seniors and juniors. We have a ball game. <laughs> yeah. or, and, and, and let's be let's, I mean, let's be authentic about it. A lot of these times, we will see preseason polls. And right. I always make the joke. I, I don't kind of pay attention to polls <laughs> other than ones that have a flag with it. So I can see right. that. But when you have all these preseason polls that are picked by SIDs and picked by coaches, yeah. if, a, if you gave coaches truth to and you ask them, you know, do you how how well do you know other teams? They would say, I'm just trying to learn my team. Exactly. So I'm trying to pick who's, who's the, the 12th best team in our conference or the 10th right. best team in our conference. I'm, I'm, I've just watched my practice, right. and I'm trying to figure out how to get that press break. Right. So, right. So we, I only we, like... we establish expectations of what these teams are, who they are, based on name and history. So our true. Time, that might not be accurate. That's so true. I only like polls when they're to my advantage, and I could use them for recruiting. <laughs> I like, I don't know that any coach really, if they do, I mean, come on, coaches. Um, you shouldn't be focused on that. We we like them when, when, they, when we can put them out there and they sound good. And uh, sometimes it can be good for you, and sometimes it can be bad for you, you know, uh, because if – the outside thinks you have the number top 10 recruiting class, but you know in your heart that they may be top I 100, watch, if any. <laughs> I watch my – it's one of those – I watch practice every day. You guys don't. <laughs> Go ahead. Right, Go ahead exactly. Like, we, yeah, it's that truth and that, um, you know, it is what it is, and you have to take it with a grain of salt. But I don't think that people really look at uh, uh, the – Everything that is surrounded by the sport um, in the way that the real basketball pundits like yourself do and and can just get rid of the fluff and just focus on what's going on. I mean, this is this is good stuff. Pete, any any advice for coaches that are dealing? I mean, you've been given nuggets this whole time, but anything that I may have left out that you wanted to speak on before we wrap this up? Uh, you know, just especially this time of the year, I, I think you just have to be set with the process. And and I know everybody says, "Well, just you know, stay with the process, stay with the process." But it, it really is true. Yeah. You know, we have a tendency to view things kind of through a straw. Mm. Um, we're focused on where we are, what we're doing, and I think the best coaches, the best programs, the elite people in our business. And in, and, and in life too, they're able to see both the forest and the trees at the same time. Mm. So they don't get lost in the woods. Mm. And so you, you want to make sure that you, you're seeing the entire picture. And, and it's like I said before, you, know, you have to have patience with the process, by still, but still create a sense of urgency with the day-to-day with a purpose. Right. And I think that when you, when you do that and, and not apply everything to, to be winning to be winning today, that kind of, and, and still knowing that there's a journey of what we're getting to, uh, yeah. you're going to be a better coach and your program's going to be better for it. Man, that was powerful. That was powerful. And, and my advice to coaches, you know, the portal starts ramping up 
around Christmas time. You probably like eight games in. Um, head coaches, make sure your assistants are involved with your roster. You know, make sure that they are paying attention to different body language, different uh, mood swings that players are having. Spend time with them. Let them know that they're loved, especially freshmen and sophomore, because they're ready to bail if they don't see the success that they think they should have uh, right away. So, you know, I think our assistant coaches, one of the gifts you can give to your head coaches is being alert. And this is retention time. It's no more waiting till the end of the season. Kids are leaving at Christmas time. You know why? Because they're homesick. They go home. They snuggle up under mom or dad or uncle or aunt or a distant cousin who's all all of a sudden become a basketball expert. They're telling them that they should play more. They're comparing them to everybody on the roster without seeing one practice. And, and that kid is looking for another out another easy way so you know be involved and try to be the I tell my my upper class classmen all the time be the voice of reason in the locker room so coaches we have to be the voice of reason for our kids most times and this is my personal belief uh being you can you can chime on on this I know that kids enter the portal but if Five kids enter in the portal. You should be, you should know as a coach, if you're alert and as a staff, about at least four of them on a consistent basis. If you're aware of your program and your team. Like, you should not be blindsided by a kid entering the portal. Uh, Someone has to have a finger on that kid. And, you know, maybe one may slip through the cracks, but... It shouldn't be where you you just didn't see it coming because the signs are there if we look for it. Do you agree, disagree? I do, and I think it's important, too, as you're evaluating your roster, and we go back to the whole assessing, yeah. assessing thing, and, and that's part of it, is is understanding that you're trying to, and I think it was Bill Parcells used to say this, too, you, you want to build the roster that you want to coach. Right. And in building the roster that you want to coach, it's understanding their moods, mm. it's understanding all that and how that fits into what yes. you want. You know. Yes, that's so that's part of that too. Wow. Guys, this is this is Patrick Henry. You can follow him at Patrick Henry. Don't blink compete. We are talking about the portal. I wrote notes. Coaches, we have to be ready for change. We have to be able to see the entire picture when we're dealing with our programs and have a philosophy. You know, assess prospecting, evaluating, recruiting, roster management, and we have to secure these little jokers uh, before they <laughs> and work hard at that before they enter the portal. This has been great, uh, P. This is awesome. Um, you can, like I said, you can follow him at Patrick Henry on on Twitter. I, I am at, uh, at Coach Pat Henry. On Twitter. Oh, yes. Sorry. At Coach Pat Henry. This is the No Ceilings Podcast with Coach Yo. You can please subscribe, rate, and review. We're going to have podcasts like this um, 
probably twice a month we're going to try to hit this uh, also just subscribe to our YouTube channel No Ceilings with Coach Yo and the, the podcast is on all streams I am your host Coach Yo Head Women's Basketball of the University Mississippi Ole Miss Rebels y'all have a blessed day Hadi Tadi, no scenes.